Hello, welcome to A Leader Like Me podcast, where we will be amplifying diverse voices. My name is Advita Patel. And I'm Priya Bates, and we're co-founders of A Leader Like Me. We really hope you enjoy this listen. This week, we interviewed Babashara Nusrut Faruqi, who is an account executive at Fleshman Hillard, and she's also a podcast host for Colour Me PR podcast, which is based in Toronto in Canada. Babashara is also a member of A Leader Like Me, and she believes that communication is all about building meaningful relationships and extending our experiences and knowledge to connect with others, which is such a beautiful sentiment. As you'll listen uh, throughout the interview, you'll recognise that Mubashara is a dedicated and ambitious PR professional, and you'll find her at the front line of media relations, storytelling, writing, design, and strategic communications planning. Her experience of working with communications is combined with her education and passion for equity and inclusion, and has motivated her to work on successful and local national campaigns with organizations such as Strategic Objectives, IABC Toronto, The General Project, and Vision Brampton. So Priya Mabashra, she was an absolute powerhouse of a woman. I really enjoyed her conversation. She had so many gems to share. What was your favorite bit? What I really love about Mubashra and her interview is her talking about what it felt like being a woman of color, someone who is Muslim and wears a hijab, not seeing other leaders like them in the PR industry. And she actually did something about it. So she chose to become visible. And I got to know Mubashara at first because she was recognized as the IBC Toronto Student of the Year. So I thought, wow, this young lady who's stepping up and making a difference. I I just loved her story. She was just, you know, and you'll hear when, when you listen to the conversation about her passion. I loved her passion how much she just loved the world of PR and communications. And we did speak about not seeing people who look like us in the PR profession, and particularly people like Mubashara, who is a practicing Muslim, uh, wears a hijab, as she said, and, you know, we don't often see folks like that in the PR world. And she stood up and she stood up and said, do you know what, I want to be counted. My experience has a lot of value to add, and I'm going to make sure that people know about this. And her confidence and just her visibility is so inspirational. And I know we saw her transition throughout the Leader Like Me program when she first joined Flight and how she just embraced the learning, the support, the collaboration, the connections that she made with some of the other incredible members that we've got in the community as well. And then really about her stand on creating visibility for others through her Color Me PR podcast. So that was just amazing that she not only wanted to make a difference for herself, but she wanted to amplify other voices and bring attention to the changes that we hope will happen in the the PR industry. I think you are all going to find this interview very special. We hope you enjoy it. If you are responsible for the diversity, equity, and inclusion mandate for your organization, join WINGS, a bespoke program where we bring the experts to you 
and provide a safe community to share best practices to help you progress and cultivate a culture of belonging. You can find that more at aleaderlikeme.com. Hello, everyone. We're so excited to have Mubashra Faroqi here with us today. And Mubashra, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm extremely honored. Uh, Priya and Avida, I think you both know I look up to you both immensely, and I'm just uh, very grateful to be in this space with you. Um, so as Priya mentioned, my name is Mubashra Faruqi. I am currently an account executive at Fleischmann Hillard High Road, which is a global PR agency. Um, I'm also the host of Color Me PR podcast, where I interview women of color in communications about the amazing work that they do um, and the impact that they're having on our industry. Um, besides that, I am a woman of color. I'm a Muslim woman. I'm uh, a wife and a daughter and a cat mom. Uh, I'm also just very passionate about connecting with other people and about um, creating equitable and inclusive spaces. So again, happy to be here today. Oh, thank you so much for being here with us. Now, you just entered the PR industry in the last few years, and I want you to talk a little bit about your introduction to this industry and what you've seen. The data in the UK tell, told us a few years ago that 92% of practitioners are white. And, and in North America, we saw the similar numbers that you may have seen good representation at the base of an organization. But as you moved up to the organization, you weren't really seeing leaders move up who were diverse uh, in any way. So tell me a little bit about what it was like for you to join the industry recently? I think my experience joining the industry has been challenging in two ways. For one, of course, uh, entering an industry that isn't as diverse as we'd like, but also entering in the middle of a pandemic, um, I think has really affected my experience as a new communicator. And so uh, I actually have a background of um, working in health equity and I did my undergraduate degree in diversity and inclusion as well. So I've sort of always had this interest in uh, topics around, um, you know, equity, diversity and inclusion. And then working in healthcare, I kind of had that opportunity to see firsthand where some of those um, barriers lie, especially for marginalized communities trying to access healthcare in Canada. And that sort of driv drove my um, you know, my interest in wanting to create a positive difference and wanting to eliminate some of those barriers for marginalized communities and uh, sort of just wanting to use my voice in any way I can to create positive change. So I actually ended up coming into the PR industry um, as a means of realizing that just the power that communicators hold in being able to counsel, you know, clients and organizations and how to communicate in a way that creates positive change and that also has that capacity to impact the lives of other people in uh, a positive way. That was just something I really wanted to be part of. Um, and so, you know, even when I was in school, I did a graduate program in public relations and corporate communications from Centennial College. And while I was there, I took every opportunity um, that I had, every assignment that was offered to focus on 
diversity and inclusion and focus on how to use communications as a tool for, you know, increasing representation and finding those opportunities for, um, for, again, just improving representation in our industry. Um, I'm also not really afraid to challenge the status quo. I think being the youngest of four siblings, I've kind of always been ready to make some noise and and challenge what's happening. So I'm I've never been too afraid to say, you know, I am a woman of color and I want to be out there and I want to encourage, you know, my fellow women of color as well to not be afraid of the lack of representation that we see in the industry. Um, so I that's part of why I launched my own podcast as well is because I felt like I just wasn't seeing those voices present and I wanted to find the opportunity to share those voices so that, you know, more, more of my fellow new communicators coming into the industry will understand that, you know, we do lack the diversity that we want, but there are people out here doing the hard work. There are people of color doing amazing work and, and that we have the opportunity to connect with them and learn from them. Um, and just build a stronger community of uh, diverse communicators. I think that's, you know, that's so commendable, Mavashra, what you say, because, you know, listeners who are, who, are, who are hearing our podcast would have heard other guests say the same thing about visibility being yeah. very important when it comes to demonstrating leaders and being encouraged by leaders who look like us, right? So Priya and I, as you know, in a leader like me community, often talk about visibility. We talk about confidence, and the two go hand in hand, in my opinion. And I know Priya, Priya and I have said the same before as well. And, you know, what I want to kind of understand from you is what gave you the motivation? You know, you mentioned that you noticed and recognised that the industry doesn't have people who look like us at all. And, and, and I'm assuming, and I'm making a massive assumption in Russia, that in your course at university and college, you were probably one of very few faces that look like you there. You know, so what was that kind of, what gave you the confidence as opposed to to put yourself out there right in a, a brand new kind of industry, you know, going to a brand new industry, you know, entry level kind of industry to say, you know what, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to interview, I'm going to interview some communicators, uh, uh, women of color, people of color who I can connect with. So what gave you the confidence to kind of kick that off? That's a really great question. And I think it all really came down to perspective. So I could either see this as simply a challenge or I could see it as an mm -hmm. opportunity. Um, and I think just generally, I find myself to be a pretty, you know, positive and optimistic person. And so my instinct is to see this as an opportunity. So while, you know, I, I recognize that we don't have the diversity there that we'd like to see, I also recognize that I am capable of changing that. You know, I'm, I, I know I'm just one person, but I can take a step to start building a community or connecting with other people and, and start to create that impact and that change. Um, and so it helps me move away from sort of the, uh, you know, the concern that, you know, will I fit in or, or, you know, what do I have to do to make sure I fit in or what do I have to do to fit into other people's standards, if that makes sense. And I kind of shifted that into what do I have to offer that this community needs? Or what do I have to offer that this, the communications industry needs to see and needs to hear? And yeah. after doing that, I ended up, you know, connecting with other communicators as well that felt the same way that also had amazing, um, you know, perspectives to offer and and invited them to my, to my podcast as well. So I think it's really just that perspective of when you see 
a challenging situation or when, where you see a lack of diversity and inclusion, instead of just, you know, thinking about how unfortunate that is, finding the opportunity to create that change. And again, I mean, entering the industry, I, I don't have that big of a network. I don't have that much experience to leverage. It's really just, you know, having to push myself, even sometimes just, you know, that phrase of like, fake it till you make it. Um, I think that definitely <laughs> applies as well as a new communicator, just pushing yourself to, you know, say that you, to believe that you can create that change and then eventually, you know, in some small way you can. Yeah. And not being, you know, and we always say two things, like not being afraid to fail, which is really important. And that's a common yes. theme throughout our, so far the interviews that we've had is a common theme that we've recognized. But also, you know, small ripples create big waves. And, you know, you said just then that you may not have had a huge following or you may not be as recognizable in the industry, which I I disagree with, by the way. I think people, (laughs) you're out there, people talk about the great work that you're doing. But, you know, you've got to, It's I always, my kind of ethos and and my purpose is if you can make a difference to one person, you've achieved your aim, right? And that's what we should be thinking about. It's the small ripples creating Mm -hmm. those big ways. So, And, you know, I am very grateful for you to take that time and do that podcast because it is an incredible podcast. Yeah, let's talk about that podcast. Uh, you stepped into this space of podcasting, you put yourself out there and and came, and brought in all the guests. Uh, what was that like for you? And what did you learn from the whole process? Uh, so first of all, I learned people are way more willing to connect with you than you'd expect. Um, and I think that's like a, a networking 101 piece of advice. Um, I know a lot of people that are often hesitant to reach out to other people, even just for a coffee chat or, um, you know, to get to know them. But again, people are more often than not much more willing to meet with you and to have a conversation with you and even in some cases help mentor you. Um, It's just getting over that hesitation to reach out in the first place. That getting over that hesitation is what um, is the, I I would say one of the bigger challenges in the beginning, but then you'll realize that you just, there's a lot of good in people that we have the opportunity to to grasp. So um, that was one thing that I learned right off the bat. And again, Priya, you were the first guest on that podcast. And I remember spending about three days drafting my initial email to you um, or initial LinkedIn message before the email so there's a lot of nerves that went into that. But again, just so grateful to see how uh, open and willing people are to connect. Um, and now having, you know, completed an entire season of the podcast, I also realized that, you know, as much as I thought this podcast was about giving women of color inspiration, I realized it was so much more than that. Like I had no idea who it would impact and, and the kinds of communities that would provide their feedback afterwards and share um, how much they learned and appreciated the experiences of the guests on the podcast. Again, with the first episode, I probably thought, you know, my parents will listen to this, maybe a couple of friends and and that'll be that. But, you know, a couple of weeks in, I started getting messages from, um, you know, I, I got a message from a young Indigenous woman saying, I've never heard the voice, you know, voices like these in our industry before. And I so appreciate these conversations. I was receiving messages from, uh, you know, uh, senior white men that have been in the industry for like 20 plus years sharing that they appreciated hearing these conversations. And so just never under underestimating the impact that a small 
action can have, right? I, I thought that, you know, having this uh, audio interview with, you know, with a friend some, or a mentor um, would be a learning opportunity for myself and maybe for a couple of people that tune in. I had no idea that eventually it would be entire communities of people that are listening and, and learning and sharing and growing together. So I've absolutely appreciated that. Yeah. And, and, you know, and what you just said there about not feeling the fear of reaching. I mean, you did feel the fear when I reached out to Korea. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you know what's really funny with Basha and you saying that? So I, I'm sure I've shared this story before, but I actually reached out to Priya to be my mentor uh, a couple of years ago. And it's really funny because I'd only met Priya for 20 minutes at Vancouver. But even it's weird, no matter how, no matter how kind of, you know, forward you get in your career and and you know the years you've got behind you you still get that little bit of nervousness oh. when you approach somebody to get to ask for help because and it's, it's the fear of rejection I think a part of that but as soon yes. as you get comfortable yeah. with that rejection and I remember writing Priya the LinkedIn message and deliberating about how I should word it <laughs> I'm spending like I feel like such a celebrity <laughs> You are good. You are. You are. Absolutely are. (laughs) But I remember like writing this LinkedIn note to Priya, a similar, can resonate. And and to, you know, Priya and others as well, but Priya in particular, because I was a, it was a big ask into asking someone to be your mentor and somebody you'd only met for 20 minutes or someone that you admired. And and like you, you know, I saw Priya as my inspiration as a South Asian woman working in comms. And I, I had to kind of channel the if you don't ask, you don't get kind of mentality. Um, yeah. and, and you don't know where it leads, right? So look at Priya and I now, like if we hadn't connected and we didn't have that conversation, we wouldn't be here doing this podcast and we wouldn't be talking to you and we wouldn't have met these incredible women who are part of our Lead Like Me community and seen, you know, most of them, in fact, all of them thrive in some way doing some incredible work. And that is based on, that is all from me having that courage to go out to Priya and say, will you consider supporting me through my journey of independent, you know, consultant, consulting work? Uh, and she yeah. said, yeah, uh, you know, so if anyone is listening and, and, and even through the power of your story and the podcast, the connections you would have made and the people that you have met through being brave and being a bit courageous and willing to fail, because that's what it's all about, you know, leaning yeah. into that, look at the success, right, that you've had and the fact that you had an Indigenous woman call you up and say or message you and say, you know, thank you. You've, you made yeah. a difference to me. And the, the, even the allies that we have around us, you know, talked about the white men messaging you saying, you've made me think differently. Yes. That's what this community yeah. is about, right? What we do, what Priya and I do, what you do, what others do, it isn't about command and tell and telling people off and making them feel bad about not embracing equity yeah. and diversity and inclusion and belonging. It's about learning and it's about Absolutely. understanding and it's about adding those extra chairs around that table. So we feel included and belong, right? That's what we're all doing. So again, if anyone is listening who feels like, I don't know if it's my space, I don't know if I should do it. I, what if I fail? What if people think I'm doing it for this? Um, I just do it. Like, you know, that is definitely the advice that would give. On the advice kind of side of things, you know, what what is your kind of thoughts of, if you had to give advice, and I'm sure you do often, to people who are just on the fence about doing something that they're just, feel uncertain about so whether it's joining the community right so a leader like me community you know yeah. is it for me will I belong you know all that kind of stuff if it's starting a podcast if you're applying for a job if you're asking for a pay rise what's right. your big piece of advice for those people who are just struggling right now with making that decision 
Um, not to take too much from Nike <laughs> and say just do it, but also there's um, this phrase of start before you're ready. And I really, really like that statement because, you know, you will, until you're actually doing something, you will never know entirely what it takes to do that thing or what the impact of that thing will be. And so, you know, taking my podcast as an example, I had absolutely no background in podcasting. I had no experience with, you know, uh, editing or producing podcasts or anything like that. And I just kind of learned as I went. Uh, And again, just give, you know, taking that initial, challenging that initial hesitancy and taking that leap of confidence, not even faith, I think of confidence really helped me, helped push me over to the other side of things and, and realize, okay, now I'm doing this. Now we just do it. You know, what's the next step? What, what do I need to do to continuously, you know, improve and learn and grow? And sometimes I think we get really caught up in our own minds about, you know, especially as, you know, PR people, as communicators, we want to have that full plan. We want to have, every, you know, all the details laid out. But sometimes that just, deters us from doing the thing that we really want to do, especially when there's the fear in the back of our mind or that imposter syndrome. So honestly, just if you want to volunteer somewhere, just reach out and see what it's about. Get that process started, that initial step of just tackling your, uh, you know, that negative inner voice and just taking that first step and starting before you're ready is, is really helpful. And I think I love that you said that, uh, Lubashra. I, when we started a leader like me, we we were recognizing the fact that as the world was changing and people were starting to open up about yeah. conversations about race and and other you know underrepresented groups and and equity and diversity and inclusion and belonging, we realized there was a lot of work that still needed to be done within ourselves. It's as you said, the the yeah. inner voice. And and when we set out, we said we want to build courage and confidence in women of color so that they were ready to take on these opportunities that existed. So you joined a leader like me. I know we have so many women out there who are kind of watching from the sidelines and wondering, do they step forward? Do they invest? What do they do? Is it, is it for them? Talk to me a little bit about your experience with the program that we ran. Absolutely. I think for me also, I was a little bit worried about is this something that a new communicator can gain value from right um we see a, a lot of my fellow members at the time were also um, communicators that had at least five years or more of experience in the industry and so that is something that i was wondering as a new communicator um but really you know happy to share that the topics that we cover the the way that the you know a leader like me program dives into who you are at your core and what what your priorities are and how you want to make sure that those come across in your work as a communicator. Really identifying those pieces, I think is is valuable, especially in the beginning of your career, because then you can kind of set the bar, you can set the standard. And once you've identified what your core values are, you can make some really strategic decisions in which way you want to take your career or even just how you want to communicate with with uh, colleagues in the industry, right? And it also helps sort of um, establish your brand almost. So for me, you know, diversity and inclusion has always been something that I've been passionate about, but going through the A Leader Like Me program, I gained a better understanding of 
first of all, why that's, you know, a value to me. And then also how I can include that in how I present myself to other people and how I take hold of opportunities and the kinds of, um, you know, opportunities in the industry and even outside of it that I choose to engage with. Um, it has really helped me gain a better understanding of how I can tackle my passion for diversity and inclusion. So I'm so, 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 so pleased you said that, Babashra, about the program. And, you know, I just want to kind of re- like reinstate that it is for uh, wider than comms as well. And the first cohort we did attract a lot of communicators because of Priya and I and our networks that we have uh, but we also have welcomed folks who don't work in our industry which is you know incredible as well and when Priya and I put these modules together we we're very conscious of that you know wanting to make sure that our modules were inclusive you know it worked for anyone outside of the comms industry uh, and we wanted to focus on the things that we felt when we hoped we would have had when we were starting out in our careers and, and even during our careers and both of us have worked in the industry for 20 years plus now and things like personal brand and visibility and confidence and all of that is something that you don't really get taught to be honest when you're going through your career um and then the, the other key part of a leader like me as well we we recognize that a lot of lot of like uh, underrepresented women and underrepresented people in general end up leaving when they get to a certain point you know, and, and because they feel like they can't succeed and they have no other opportunity, but they have to go off and do their own business, right? Which okay. has kind of happened to me, to be honest with you. Um, and we want to we want to nurture that talent in organisations. We want people to understand that they've got the opportunity to stay there and to, like yeah. Priya's point earlier about confidence, right? You know, having that confidence and self-belief so you can put your hand up for those opportunities and not wait for permission or validation. Yeah. Uh, and we often do that. I think as underrepresented people, we wait for validation and we wait for people to put taps on the shoulders and say, you're ready now, off you go. <laughs> um, and when that does, and you know that when it doesn't happen, you you feel you're like you're not worthy or you don't belong, or you're not good enough. So you end up going and, and doing your own thing or the frustration that you face, right? So yeah. the modules are definitely were, were, were developed with that in mind about what do we need to share with the community that will help inspire them to continue along their career path and progress further and be leaders and continue to be leaders that inspire others so I'm so pleased that you spoke about the the kind of personal brand side of things and uh, and and raise that because that's that's quite important to us so thank you for sharing your experiences and and Priya and I have thoroughly enjoyed you thriving over over the over the year and a bit that you've been with us um, we're coming, you know, we could talk to you again, Rabashra, all day about some of the great <laughs> stuff that you've done and shared, but we're going to come up to the rapid fire question. So the answers don't have to be rapid, just to let you know. Okay. But the three questions <laughs> we're going to ask you. So the first question is um, what, who, which leader or what leader has inspired you when you were growing up? Sure. So I have two, but I'll, I'll try to keep, uh, <laughs> I'll explain both of them a little bit. The first one is actually Malala Yousafzai. Um, And I've always admired her so much for her resiliency, for her authenticity, for just the way that she's represented Muslim women in such a positive way when generally the perception of Muslim women in in Western culture and Western media is not that great. So I just think that she's done a phenomenal job of um, you know, holding herself in such a respectable way. And, and she's also just so uh, talented and intelligent and has always been someone that I've looked up to, especially because 
she's also a woman of color. She's a Pakistani woman like myself. Um, and she is a hijabi. <laughs> so, you know, I, I uh, have a dream that someday it would be amazing to see her. I've sat across from her in an auditorium at Ryerson uh, one time. So I, I got to see her at the other side of her room, but um, really just, I would love to emanate her qualities of authenticity and resiliency and also humility. Um, and also Lily Singh, which I feel like is kind of the opposite of that. She's very loud and bold and has an amazing personality, but she's a Canadian South Asian woman who, um, you know, basically started from nothing and, and built this entire inclusive, amazing community around her and is doing some really amazing things now. Um, she started as a YouTuber, YouTuber, but has, you know, her own uh, television show and, and does whole bunch of different projects. Um, and I just really inspire, I'm really inspired by, um, again, the, the confidence that she's shown and really being herself and, and showcasing her community. Oh, I love both of those choices. Uh, <laughs> and they're very different. You're absolutely yeah. right. And you can <laughs> see that, that inspiration can come from so many different places. Uh, uh, here's question number two. What is the one piece of advice you would give your younger self? That is such a great question. Um, I, I think for me, the biggest piece of advice would be speak to yourself with kindness. You know, we talk a lot, especially in South Asian cultures, about how to treat other people or how to, you know, in PR and communications, how to treat the client, how to be respectful. But we don't talk enough about how to take care of ourselves and how to speak to ourselves specifically. Um, we spend all of our time in our, in our own minds, right? And the way that we communicate with ourselves um, is so important to giving us that confidence that we need and uh, in giving us the strength that we need to, to accomplish our goals. So honestly, just, I'm, I'm really big on kindness. It's one of my uh, podcast slogans as well, communicate kindness, but speak to yourself with kindness. That should be the first thing. I couldn't agree more. Speak, I, I always say to people, speak to yourself like you speak to your best friend or your loved one. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, you, you would never ever, you know, talk, call your best friend out or anything like that, would you be rude or mean or unkind? <laughs> You'd always, you know, treat them in love. So definitely love that, love that top tip. Uh, and the final um, question is, what wouldn't people know about you by just looking at you? Uh, well, firstly, that I'm a whack-a-mole champion. <laughs> I've got those <laughs> really great instincts. I, you know, nailed love down the that. game. <laughs> um, but besides that, I think uh, people don't often recognize that, uh, I'm honestly just a very open-minded person and I'm just always happy to connect with others and to have conversations with other people. So I, you know, I've had people tell me that they were like either a little bit intimidated to speak to me or on the opposite side of things, thought that I was like super shy and, and didn't know if I'd be comfortable with someone approaching me, but I love answering questions. I love, you know, connecting with people and I love building really meaningful relationships in, in any way possible. So honestly, like if for anyone listening to this podcast, if you've ever thought about reaching out or if you want to reach out to a fellow, you know, person of color in the industry or anything like that, I am more than happy to connect. It's great. And how do people connect with you then, Mubashra, if they wanted to connect with you? Easiest way would probably be just to shoot me a message on LinkedIn. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or if you want to learn more about the podcast or about myself, even you can check out colormepr.ca. Amazing. And we'll make sure that that information is shared in the show notes as well, that you can follow Mabashara and her journey. And like she said, you know, she'd be more than willing to connect with you uh, if you've got any questions and not to be shy uh, to come forward and speak with you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much, Mabashara, for your time today. We really appreciate your insights and provide inspiration for all, uh, for everyone out there. Thank you. 